Boston Podcast. And we're back with another special edition of the Big Go Bell Podcast. If storylines have not made sense from WrestleMania to it's, now, it's been the, the best told story leading into this on WWE. This, this pay per view, it feels big, it feels important, but ultimately it's exciting. The biggest thing that, that stood out for me when I seen it, I was like, okay, this has to be a joke. I Hello, hello, it's Aaron. I've been absent for a while, but I'm back with Two Chains and Mr. Silly Sellis. This is a special Sunday evening episode of the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast. Uh, before we came on the air, we were just discussing our fantasy football um, aspirations after some drafts this evening. I'd like to hear everybody's uh, fantasy football team name or names as an intro. Um, I call my team the Phenomenal Ones. I'm only in one league. I, I use the... No one in my league got the reference because none of them are wrestling fans, but I have the P1 logo as my team logo. Mr. Silly Sellis, what are your team names? Okay, of course, since I'm a 49ers fan, one of my team names is Flying 49ers, and then I have this right here is for Coco. So if you're from D.C. and a Wally fan, you probably get the reference if you understand how I'm framing my team name off that song. And Coco is just a reference from my old dog that I had that passed away, so I have to give shout-outs to her. Shouts out. All right, what about you two, James? All right, so basically I added a combination of one of my favorite rappers and one of my uh, favorite movies. So one of my team name is Luke Skywalker, like Walker Flocker. <laughs> and, and then my other one is uh, for family-friendly purposes. Do you know the little reference to the dude that wear the white bands? And then his one boy always say yes. something? Yeah. Yes. That's <laughs> yeah, lovely. Man. Back at it again. <laughs> Back at it again with the white vans. Um, yep. <laughs> we were discussing in my league when we were chatting during the draft tonight of next year making our league entirely themed to the Mighty Ducks and having each team name be named after a player. And I called, I called Charlie Conway straight up. Um, and then my, my dad proceeded to go on Wikipedia and copy and paste every member of the Mighty Ducks into the chat because my dad's weird. Um, oh wow yeah so good luck to everyone on the fantasy football um i had a few quick topics um we'll, we'll start off with an easy one who won the week this week in the battle of the brands uh raw or smackdown um you're gonna be hard pressed to make me think that raw won this week but did any of you like raw better mm, it, it was close but no i, I would say smackdown would get the cake is it because of the exciting title picture on SmackDown compared to the vague one on Raw right now? Nah. Not for no. me, at least. Yeah, I would say the same thing. Not for me, either. I thought SmackDown had the better matches this yes. week. Um, the American Alpha and Breeze Angle match was uh, stellar. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the AJ Styles-Dolph Ziggler match with, uh, with good storyline to it was really good. Also, I feel like that the crowd was more vested on SmackDown than they were on Raw. I think there's going to be an interesting quick turnaround here because we have two weeks until the first SmackDown-only pay-per-view backlash on um, mm-hmm. September 11th, going up against the first night of Sunday Night Football with my Patriots playing the Cardinals. Um, I, I'd be very interested to see, because it's such a quick turnaround, um, Dolph Ziggler's involvement in the main event. I think we haven't seen the last of him there, and I think we're going to... It's weird. A lot of people are projecting him to turn heel, but... The way AJ Styles was treating him, you would think that that would make people get behind him more. So I'm very interested in the main event on SmackDown. And 
I'll tell you the reason that Raw was tough for me. There was so much focus on the title picture, which is very exciting despite Finn Balor's you know, injury, which sounds like it's going to be a six-month journey for him instead of three or four. Um, but doesn't it feel like on Raw that we just did this a month ago, had a bunch of qualifying matches, and then for this new title, only to have to do it again a month later? It's a little exhausting. I'd like to see some... I guess it's not really Raw's fault. I just want to see what the direction of the title picture is now that Finn Balor's gone. And, and I think the other biggest thing is, too, we see those qualifying matches and we're like, man, man, you know, whatever. Yeah. But then, you know, obviously the storyline with that is that you're fighting for the prize. Well, okay, that's fine. But then we see better product coming from the CWC with that same storyline. So it's just like, yeah. when you see something top-notch and you see something like, you know, half done, then this is like you're not invested because you know two days from then you're going to see something way better for the same concept. Well, not only right. that, I'm a little exhausted on the tournament concept in general because, like, they're like you said, they're doing it better on the Cruiserweight Classic. So I could be critical of SmackDown and be like, why do we have another tournament? Why not have some sort of a tag team turmoil? Or I don't know, I feel like we could do something more creative there. Or even have like a round robin tournament, like kind of like what the Bound for Glory series used to be, where they would accumulate points. That could be kind. Of, that's fun, and it's not something WWE's done for a while. They could have done the King of the Ring in that case, and then make your King of the Ring for the title. In which I don't think the King of the Ring has ever been for the World Heavyweight Title or WWE Title or, or Universal no, Title, whatever the, title you want to call it. But has it? The closest they did, I from my recollection, was when Brock won back in O two. When he won a title shot the following month against The Rock at SummerSlam, that would be the closest mm-hmm. they got. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think that could be. It, it would at least bring some prestige back to the King of the Ring compared to the last couple iterations, for sure. Right. And, and really, it'd be fun to see the King of the Ring be repurposed for NXT. I think that could be a nice, you know, you bring. But then again, maybe it devalues it because it's not a main roster thing. I don't know. But I guess we're all agreeing that SmackDown was more exciting this week. True. Sure, I do. I, yep. I just like the way how two hours is just easier to flow. Yeah. And just You don't have to do fillers. It's like everything is start, stop, next thing. Start, stop, and you have plenty of time, plenty of wrestling uh, match time, plenty of promo time, and everything just flows. It doesn't have to be extended. It's just perfect timing with that two-hour block, in my opinion. Well, not only that, it's like think of the amount of wrestling we watched over the past week. You had um two hours two plus hours of takeover on two chains you were yep. there i know you had pre-show matches that aired on nxt this week you uh-huh. had ring of honor which i'm still killing myself that i haven't watched adam cole win the title yet like i need to get yeah, I, I watched it. some of I ring of honor it. but not all of I posted it, it on my page. Yep. and that's what I, that's why i saw yeah, it um, i need to i need to get on that i watched some of the matches on the car but i haven't gotten to that one yet um you had SummerSlam, which was like a bajillion hours long um, and then Raw SmackDown. I watched some TNA this week. I watched NXT Cruiserweight Classic. It's just it's a lot of product. So yeah, you're right. Two hours is more easy on the eyes, as it were. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, um, kind of moving forward into tomorrow night, who who do you got for becoming the second ever Universal Champion on Raw? You have Big Cass. You have Kevin Owens. You have Roman Reigns and what seems to be the internet's odds-on favorite, Seth Rollins. Can I, can I tell you my swerve for what this could go? And maybe I'm, I'm saying this because I'm a little bit of fanboy of him, but I would put the title on Kevin Owens. I only would too. for a short reign, maybe about a month or so, 
But if you have Jericho and have Jericho be the mouthpiece for Kevin Owens, even though Kevin Owens does not need a mouthpiece, you know how much heat as heels they would get where you would have Jericho trying to, you know, promote, oh, Kevin Owens is great, blah, 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 and everything. And maybe this could be a way where Big Cass can get promoted by, you know, Enzo. So that way you have two mouthpieces that can talk greatly, very well, that have two wrestlers that can just go in the ring. And maybe that's a way that you build up the new era. And then maybe you have Seth versus Roman Reigns continue their feuds just away from a title. Do you... So you're saying Big Cass would be the baby face that go up against Owens, which I'm not opposed to that. That's fresh. Yes. But then you still have Rusev lingering because he has beef with Roman. And if you did that, I almost wonder if you'd splinter Seth off into the title picture also and make a triple threat. But I, I agree with you. I think they need to do something a little bit innovative. I think putting the title on Reigns or Rollins is not where they need to go just yet. And I think Kevin Owens is the sleeper surprise thing that could happen tomorrow night. I like that. I'm with that. What about you two, James? I I think I have to say that I think that uh, Seth Rollins is the obvious choice. Uh, it is uh, He's also never won on their power rankings this week, which I thought that was interesting that they brought that back. But um, I, I, I like the Kevin Owens book in here. Um, I think it's not long overdue, I would say, but I think this is a good way to give a fresh start. And I think he could carry the brand in a different way for the next six, six months until obviously um, just a feeling to uh, Finn Balor is also to return. Also, you're able to book that fantasy match um, that people are looking forward to seeing at that mo- at that opportunity too. So that's yeah, I, I it's going to be a real exciting Raw tomorrow night. I think we're going to finally start making some progress towards whatever ends up being the next big match at Survivor Series, as it were. Um, well, let's. the thing I really wanted to talk to you guys about and get your thoughts on was, um, I know you guys touched on it on the last episode a little bit, just the criticism Seth Rollins is facing for the Finn Balor injury and kind of that controversial buckle bomb move that has now injured Sting and, you know, theoretically ended Sting's career, as well as Finn Balor... You know, the injury after he just got started and on his big run is now on the shelf. But let, let's be clear, he's going to be an even bigger deal in his absence when he finally comes back. People will be so excited to see the Demon come back, probably against Seth Rollins, probably at WrestleMania, and it'll be great. Um, I, I don't know if the criticism should be placed as much on Seth Rollins as much as the popular style of wrestling today, and I'd like to explain what I mean by that. Okay. Um, so I think I think back to some of the um, some of the big matches we saw WrestleMania weekend, mm-hmm. or even just some of the big matches in general lately. A lot of them, or a lot of the darlings of the internet crowd are these people who put themselves in very high-risk situations in the ring on a very consistent basis. Um, Finn Balor is 190 pounds, and he's jumping off of the turnbuckle every single night. You have Sami Zayn doing, you know, a flip splash. I think, what does is, what is, um, Morrow call it on the Cruiserweight Classic? A tope Suicida or something like that? Might be. I just can't think Something of anything like off the top that. of my head right now. You've got guys, it's almost like as common as a clothesline these days to jump through the middle rope 
and to kind of push your opponent into the barricade. Um, you've got a lot of aerial moves, a lot of high spots. I think of the amount of times Kevin Owens has been dropped on his head or his back or his knee on a ladder in the last four months. Um, it doesn't seem like the type of in-ring style that can be maintained consistently. I'm, I'm all for high spots, but they need to make sense in, as something you do selectively and in the moment. Because this all kind of goes towards what I think was the biggest moment of the week was the Miz and Daniel Bryan segment on Talking Smack, which by now everybody's surely seen. And the Miz, while while I'm I'm fully confident that this was a work and not a shoot, it definitely came off as a shoot for sure, which is why people reacted to it so strongly. But the Miz said something very poignant that I think bears mentioning. He said that I've been in the ring performing for these fans consistently for 10 years. Where are you right now? You're not able to compete because of the reckless style with which you competed. And to a certain extent, that's why we all love Daniel Bryan, because he's a small guy who put himself on the line to achieve and succeed. And I'm so happy and proud to have been there at WrestleMania 30 to see the culmination of that journey. Don't get me wrong. But The Miz has something there, too. Like, he's been in the ring for 10 years He's main evented WrestleMania. He's holding the Intercontinental Championship right now. Like Hulk Hogan didn't do the stuff that a lot of these wrestlers are doing today, but yet he garnered a reaction that was so much bigger than most wrestlers today. So my my main point is that you can tell a story that's captivating without having to kill yourself to do it. And I, I think back to last weekend... And what my favorite match was from WWE between TakeOver and actual SummerSlam, there's two of my favorite matches were John Cena, AJ Styles, and DIY versus The Revival at TakeOver. And two chains that you were there live. That that match, besides Nakamura, probably got the biggest reaction of the night, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess I just wonder, those guys didn't try to kill each other and didn't really put themselves too much in harm's way. Like Cena and AJ did some big spots, but they were pretty controlled. Same thing with the match with the revival. And those were the ones that got the strongest reaction, not the ones where people were about to get dropped on their heads. Cough, cough, Charlotte, Sasha Banks, cough, cough. Um, I don't know. What do you guys make of all that? Like, is that the type of wrestling you like to see? Are you more story driven fan? Are you more, into the high-flying action? Am I maybe more of a vocal minority on this factor? Where, where are you guys at with this? You know what, Aaron, as, as you explained in this, I was trying to think of wrestlers during the Attitude Era, like The Miz, who has performed over continuous times on a continual basis. And, of course, you might get nicks of injuries here and there, but their wrestling style was always safe enough where they was always considered in big matches. They was always consistently on pay-per-views and it was always consistently on every raw or even SmackDown throughout that time. And the one wrestler that I'm looking at that did that throughout the time, just like the Miz was the rock. Mm -hmm. When you think about it, the rock had maybe, of course he had maybe an ankle here, shoulder here was bruised up, but you never ever seen the rock miss time due to injury. And this dude was filming movies he was getting himself out there. And if you look at him now, yeah, you know he was a professional wrestler, but he doesn't have a body where his body was broken down where it's like, man, I wish I didn't wrestle because it took some years off my life. This dude really looks like in good shape, like literally, like, oh, my gosh, like you're just in awe of how he looks now, and he's in his 40s. But 
I'm just thinking like he never jumped off the high rope, you know, for high risk maneuver. He never did any dives and everything. His was simple. You could say ground and pound and everything was within the ropes and he had clean shows and he could wrestle with the ones like a Stone Cold. He could wrestle with like a Hulk Hogan, but then he could also wrestle with like a Jeff Hardy and still use his same gimmicks. He never really changed up and he was strictly on the ground. And I'm thinking to myself, as you explain this, you explain it very beautifully. Sometimes the storytelling in the ring goes within itself, and you don't need to do those high-risk things. Yeah, those high-risk spots are, are great when you see people jumping off the top of the cages and doing the thumbtacks and stuff like that. But literally, if you want to just tell a complete story where you have a rock versus stone cold, just great match, maybe submission hold here, power move here, that can be just as great of a match as doing the high-flying stuff. So I would agree with you in saying sometimes wrestlers, and once again, I put this on my last episode saying, as wrestlers, you know what you're signing up for. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to understand the more risk you put into your body, the more chances that you'll get hurt long term. For example, look at running backs in the NFL. That's a position that is the least driven or least amount of years in your career. Tight because turnover, you're taking yeah. so much pounding. So it's like, why not be a wide receiver? Why not be a, a safety where you try to stay in there longer like a Charles Woodson? We don't have to do that interaction of, of pounding so much but when you take your body through so much toll of course it's going to beat down so i I would agree with you well not only you mentioned the rock i would even put austin in that category and it wasn't you know if he hadn't gotten dropped on his head by owen hart back at SummerSlam, um or if he hadn't had some degenerative knee issues like he would have probably been around as long as the rock was if not longer absolutely um two chains go ahead buddy i think uh my interesting aspect of this is that um, obviously times has changed, and I think saying that means that athletes are becoming more agile, faster, and um, I, I like to cater that towards maybe the, the sports medicine has um, developed and evolved over the years, as well as the, uh, the different amounts of training and styles, which you end up getting these uh, freak style of people who are maybe taller but faster or, you know, heavier but more agile. So I think with with the nature of that comes, uh, I I guess we could say a more spectacular sense of things. Um, To the NFL, you look at wide receivers, how they're able to catch, run faster, and uh, juke better. And I think at this point, I think this happens all down the line. You look at LeBron James, who is, um, what, 6'9", 6'10", 250 or 240, and he could play every position. Yeah. Like, And I think you, you kind of got to look at uh, wrestlers now. Um, I can't say that nobody particularly stands out besides, like, a Kevin Owens, who is a more of an oversized person but can do every move in the ring. And I think what warrants is that when you want to be competitive in this nature, in, in the in this sport that you want to be able to keep up with the top people. And when you ever to see something really unique, such as a, a skill set, such as Kevin Owen, you want to be unique. You want to be able to take some looks and create different moves and take more risks. And I think, you know, with the, with now that wrestling is now, um, not so much as promo work as it used to be before, because I, I can honestly say that there's really nobody on mic now that can ever top any of the legends of the day. Like not even in competition, but you can also, but you can say that there's better athletically blessed uh, wrestlers who are uh, just as good as some of the wrestlers back in the day. So I think with that being said, is that um, 
no, I'm not a fan of such more of the hybrid stuff. I, I was more of a kid, like, love people like Ultimo Dragon and Hoovertude and Raven Steel mm-hmm. and the style they perform. But now understanding the sport and the rest, it's why I say that Revival is my is the best tag team in, in the world because yes. not mm-hmm. only can they put on the clinic, they're very polished, they're not sloppy, they make other people look better. And I appreciate that better knowing that I can watch a match with enjoyment better yet than watching Sasha Banks and cringing every other move. Oh, that yeah, that was a tough match for me, man. I'm I'm glad you brought that. I mean, I brought it up earlier too, but I'm glad you you agree with me. That was tough, and I love both of those women. But you don't need to. Sasha Banks has almost been dropped in her head so many times in the past month. Yep. I can't even count. And I mean, and it kind of goes to like, there's been some discussion on other podcasts recently about you know like booking guys because they're like the Roman Reigns type, where they're like a big dude. And you know they're going to hold up and they work more of a traditional style that we've seen in wrestling over the long haul versus smaller guys who, like Daniel Bryan who have to do more to achieve the same as someone who's bigger than them. But it comes at a price. You look at like Rey Mysterio whose knee is completely jacked up. You look at, um, I don't know, any of the other smaller guys that you named and like they didn't have as long of a time. Like Edge is out permanently with a neck thing. Um, even Sasha Banks, like she's so much smaller than a lot of the talents on the main roster. And so her style is way more high impact. And she's now on her second injury related sabbatical of the calendar year. So I don't know. I I guess like if you go back to the, the bottom line of professional wrestling, why people get into it is to draw money. You can't draw money when you're sitting at home and you can't draw money if you're forced to retire early. Something to think about. That's kind of my final word on the matter, at least. Did you guys have any other, any kind of punctuation you want to put on that? Just know what you sign up for. I mean, know what you want to do as a career. Know what you sign up for. Know the risk. And you will get hurt in these type of careers. It's it's real stuff. Wrestling is not fake. Well, and have an exit strategy, too, when when your career's done. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, and I think, and I think, really, my icing on the cake with this with this uh, subject is when you consider yourself an athlete for any sport, consider 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 that you know that being an athlete does come with risk. Period. No matter what sport and what you do, if you're going to consult, call yourself an athlete and participate in anything physical or even mentally, like there's risk involved, and wrestling is no different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and you kind of look at like the NXT talents that are starting to come up and who could have longevity and who works a style that's more conducive for the long haul. Don't be surprised, even if, given his age, if Shinsuke Nakamura doesn't have a Batista-like you know, half-decade run at the top because the style he works, he's not going to get hurt anytime soon doing a lot of what he does. Exactly. It's a lot of showmanship and a lot of... There's some real kicks in there, I'm not going to lie. And 2 chains, you were there in person. You saw him kick the tar out of Samoa Joe quite a bit the other night. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of it, too, is a lot of just a lot of showmanship and a lot of showman high impact, you know, kicking someone while you slap your knee like Shawn Michaels used to do. Um, you know, people people go crazy for him doing the, the uh, what do they call it, good vibrations where he puts the foot on the chest and just, like, goes nuts. Yep. that's not hurting anyone and the crowd goes crazy for it you can do a lot with little and 
go back and watch Hulk Hogan if you don't believe me. You know what I mean? Uh, well, I, I guess I just hope a lot of my favorite wrestlers are are going to take it easy this week a little bit while still being entertaining. <laughs> no, no, no. Please it's don't not, get hurt, again, people. Please don't get hurt. Again, don't say wrestlers. Just say athletes because I pray that all my fantasy players also take it easy <laughs> this yeah. last couple of preseason games, you know. Well, just one left for Thursday. That's it. Yeah, this yeah. is it. AJ, AJ Green uh, might have scared some people today. Oh, yeah? Oh, wow. I only caught the yeah. second quarter of that game, but I liked what yeah, I saw so- from Jacksonville. It was so big. It was like a regular in, uh, injury, but I just looked online. It's on Yahoo front page. AJ AJ Green injured, but not serious. Oh. <laughs> that's how, that's, how that's a big tease. They're trying to give people a mild heart attack. Um, we definitely want to take a quick second to say uh, rest in peace to the to the great uh, Mr. Fuji. Mr. Fuji, eighty two years old. Yep. That's yeah. That I we should have said that from the top. I forgot. Mansion uh, Yokozuna. Mm-hmm. Wasn't so, he aligned with Owen Hart at one point too? Or am I making that up? No. No, I'm not making it up. Or no, it didn't happen. No, you're not making it. Okay, up. I was gonna. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna yeah. say. I thought. Yeah, he had a wrestling career too, which they spotlighted on WWE.com today. He was yeah, acting after performer. Um, yeah, just one final note too. But before we go, I'm going to a house show in about a month, and it's the Raw brand. And Finn Balor is no longer advertised, and that just bummed yeah. us out because that's who we were really yeah, looking forward to. Iowa. Yeah, <laughs> Don't but, worry, though. you might get John Cena because he's working live events for Raw this. this uh, yeah, they did add Bailey. Bailey will be on the main roster live tour by then. They did add Bailey, awesome. so and that is the first show that Sasha Banks is returning to. After her sabbatical's done, she's coming back that weekend, and that'll be her first show back. Awesome. So we'll Congratulations get a- to her getting married. Yeah. I heard that Connor from The Ascension presided over the festivities as the minister. That's amazing. I want Connor to remarry my wife and I at a 10 year. <laughs> nice. That's hilarious. Um, well, I think, that, I think we did it, guys. Um, I guess um, you guys will be back again on Wednesday to kind of touch base with the raw and smackdown stuff of the week yes yep awesome well this is the big gold belt wrestling podcast um follow us on all of our stuff you heard it um we didn't do a break in this show but maybe i'll just end the show with all the social media just so i don't have to say it here but um yeah awesome good talk guys we'll talk to you guys again on wednesday Rate, review, and subscribe to the Big Gold Belt Wrestling Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Connect with us on all of our platforms, bgbgroup.tumblr.com, at bgbgroup on Twitter, and facebook.com slash biggoldbelt.